Hebrews chapter number 9, verse number 27, and then we'll go to the book of Revelation chapter number 20. Amen. I'm preaching this morning under a burden from God, I believe, and I hope that you'll help me preach and respond to the Spirit of the Lord. At any point in this message that God begins to deal with your heart, it doesn't matter if it's at the very beginning, the middle, the end, or anywhere else. When you feel the Holy Ghost move on your heart, it's time for you to move. Amen. And I hope that he'll do so this morning. Hebrews 9, 27. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Revelation chapter number 20. Verse number 11, and I saw a great white throne, and and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death And hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I want to preach this morning on this subject. You don't have to go to hell. You don't have to go to hell. You do not have to go to hell. Lord, I pray, God, let your anointing come on me to preach. Help me, oh Lord Jesus, not only to say the words that I feel like you've given me, but God, somehow to transmit the burden that you've placed on my soul for this service. God, we do a lot of things that have value, but there's one thing that's most important, and that's I got to be saved. Lord, I ask you, God, to place your hand upon this service. I ask you, Lord, to send your anointing into this place that destroys yokes, yokes of sin, yokes of complacency and apathy, yokes of addiction and bondage. God, I pray, Lord, that you would break yokes of discouragement and hopelessness. 
And I ask you, God, to do a work of your spirit in this place, Lord. God, not by power and not by might, but by your spirit, Lord. I pray, God, for the anointing of your spirit to move in this place. Can you help me pray all over this house right now? God, have your way here, Lord Jesus. Oh, God, I pray for the Holy Ghost to move here. Grant it, oh, God, by a work of your spirit, Lord, the anointing to destroy every yoke, Lord. In the name of Jesus, God, I need you. I need your help today. I need this congregation to help. We need to join together to make war, to deliver a soul from a destination of hell. God, I thank you for your mercy and grace and for the hope of your gospel. In Jesus' name. And somebody said amen. 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 You may be seated. God bless you. The book of Matthew, chapter number 7 and verse number 14. Jesus gives us a disconcerting message about heaven. He says, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. The gate to heaven is straight and it's narrow. Narrow is the way. The path to heaven is not a superhighway, it's a narrow way. In a world where many claim to be Christian and everyone nearly claims to be saved, this verse stands as a stark reminder that not everyone is going to make it to heaven. Few there be that find it. God, help me be in that few. God, help me to find it. But the only way you're going to find it is if you're looking for it. You're not going to find the path to heaven just casually going through life. You're not going to find the path to heaven just haphazardly approaching your walk with God. If you're going to find the straight and narrow way to heaven, you're going to have to be looking for that way to heaven. And the Bible said, few there be that find it. Jesus made it abundantly clear that the pathway of salvation is not a crowded pathway. Every person in this place today needs to understand what Jesus is saying. That there are few on that straight and narrow way to eternal life. I read that there are over 41,000 so-called denominations in Christianity in the world. But the Bible said, few there be that find it. There are churches all over the Bible Belt with full parking lots. But the Bible said, few there be that find it. Sitting on pews all across our land, there's people that have gone to the house of God. But the Bible said, few there be that find it. The road to heaven isn't crowded because sin has such a hold on the hearts and the minds of this generation. Ephesians 5 and 3 through 5 
said, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becoming saints. He said, church, you got to live right if you're going to be saved. He said, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. I don't want to spend more time being silly than I do being full of praise and worship. I don't want to have more jokes than I have words of praise for God. For this know that no whoremonger nor unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. If you're going to make heaven, you got to live right. You're not going to make heaven by accident. You're going to make heaven because you're given your dead level best to get that stuff out of your life. Paul tells the church at Galatia in chapter 5, beginning at verse 19, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, Variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of of God. You've got to get sin out of your life. I know it's not a popular message, but you got to get sin out of your life. I know it's not as popular as healing and deliverance and miracles, but you got to get sin out of your life. I know it's not as popular as financial blessings, but you got to get sin out of your life if you want to make heaven. They which do such things shall not. I got to guard my soul. I got to guard my mind. I got to guard my heart because they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Revelation 21 and 8. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters. You might look at that list and say, well, I'm doing pretty good. I hadn't killed anybody yet today. I'm not a sorcerer. I'm not worshiping an idol. Boy, if he'd have stopped there, we'd have been good. But he put a comma, not a period. And all liars. You may be seated. And all liars. The purpose of this verse is to let us know that not only the murderers and the whoremongers and the idolaters and the sorcerers are going to hell, but even the sins that most of us think are little, they all have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. I got to live right. Help me to live right, God. Help me to live right. Help me to approach my salvation with seriousness. Jesus knew that the world was on a march to hell. Matthew 7 and 13, enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, 
And broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. My friends, there are many on the pathway to hell. The road to hell is a broad road, a wide way. Broad is the way and wide is the gate to death and destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Just because there's great company in your sin doesn't mean that your sin is approved of God. Just because bar rooms are full all weekend long doesn't mean the people in the bar room are going to heaven. Just because the drug houses are full and the, ha- the houses of sin are full doesn't mean that God approves. Don't let the multitude that goes to do evil deceive you into thinking that everything, God, I got to be right. Which go in thereat. Many there be. Ladies and gentlemen, I regret to tell all of us today that there are many more people going to hell than there is to heaven. Amen. I know that message stands in stark contrast to the license of the day that we live in. I understand the modern theology of this postmodern world is what's true for you is fine for you, but what's true for me is fine for me. My brothers and sisters, that modern theology and wisdom does not stack up with the Word of God. The way to hell is a wide gate and it's a broad way and many there be which go in thereat. Don't let denominations lie to you. Don't let modern philosophy lie to you. Don't let modern culture lie to you. You got to get serious about your soul. You got to get real about heaven and hell. Oh God, I wish somebody would help me pray this morning. I feel like I'm fighting hell's flames back off of somebody's soul today. I feel like I'm standing as a sentinel, as a warrior between heaven and hell for somebody. I feel like the demons of hell are trying to drag a soul to eternity. And this church is standing as a roadblock right now trying to tell somebody, you don't have to go to hell. I wish everybody in this place would lift their hand to heaven and help me pray, God, somehow let us turn somebody's direction this morning. Church, you got to position yourself as a roadblock on the way to hell. Moms and dads, you got to position yourself as a roadblock on your child's way to hell. Grandmas and grandpas, friends, saints, church, it's up to us. If we're going to stop people from going to hell, we've got to get serious about it ourselves. Help me pray. I've come to tell somebody you might have given up hope, but you don't have to go to hell. You might feel like you're so far from God that there's not a chance, but I'm telling you this morning, you don't have to go to hell.
God, you don't have to be lost, my friend. God doesn't want you to go to hell. God doesn't want you to go to hell, and I don't want you to go to hell. And this church doesn't want you to go to hell. Can I tell you something? I know there's a lot of terrible curse words in this world. There's some words that I hate more than others. But I think probably the thing I hate to hear somebody say the most is to tell somebody to go to hell. The thought of wishing somebody would be in an eternal burning pit for all of eternity is beyond my comprehension to hate somebody that bad. Let it never be said from the mouth of a Christian. Let it never escape. Even if you feel that way in the depth of your backslidden heart, don't ever let it escape your lips. There are many on the pathway to hell. Millions, even billions, are marching towards the fiery pit of hell. People the world over are marching to a lake of fire. Whoremongers, sorcerers, prostitutes, witches, drunkards, drug addicts, murderers, rebellious, rapists, thieves, terrorists, and all liars are walking that broad superhighway to the pit of hell. But friends, not only are the people out in the world, but there's people on church pews who are spiritually lazy and lackadaisical about their walk with God. They're not motivated to pray or to worship or to live holy. They're unfaithful. They don't give. They don't serve. They're indifferent towards worship. They sit through sermon after sermon, never touched, never moved, barely even relating to the Word of God, full of bitterness and hatred, carrying bitterness from things wrong suffered years ago that they can't lay down. Christians ruled by the flesh and by lust and by greed don't be deceived. There's a broad way to hell and many there be which go in thereat. But God somehow, whatever I got to do to be in that few, whatever has to happen so I can be in that few, God, I've got to be saved. I've come to tell somebody, you do not have to go to hell. There was a way made for you to be saved. I wish somebody in this house would lift their hand and say, God, help the pastor today. He's fighting an eternal war right now. He's wrestling for somebody's eternity. God, help him to have the right thing to say. I wish you'd pray for me right now. I feel like I've got to wait on me. I've got to help somebody. See, you can be lost for what you do, but I can be lost for what I don't say. As a man of God, when I stand behind this desk, I'm at peril. Because if I don't say what God tells me to say, then I'm held accountable for it. 
And so I got to stand here and I got to try my very best to do what God's called me to do because I don't want to be lost because I didn't say what God told me to say. don't have to go to hell. Whatever you're bound by, you don't have to be bound by it. Whatever hell is bringing against you, you don't have to let it destroy you. The Lord is coming back. The Lord is coming back. The Lord is coming back for those who have made themselves ready. I'm going home with Jesus in the twinkling of an eye. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 2, For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, like a thief in the night with no announcement. There's not going to be a billboard that says get ready. There's not going to be, it's not going to be flashed on Times Square. It's not going to be on the marquee growing across the bottom of your screen. You're not going to get a text message from heaven saying, I'm coming in a few minutes. Get ready. There's going to be no time to repent when the Lord comes back. There's not going to be time to apologize and pray through. In the moment of the Lord's return, there's going to be a sudden taking away of his people that's going to catch the world unaware. Within a few minutes of the rapture, every church is going to be filled to overflowing. Within just a few minutes of that trumpet sounding, this parking lot's not going to hold everybody. This sanctuary, the vestibule, the prayer room, the new building, there's going to be so many thousands of people that came to this church and heard the gospel that's going to realize, I missed it. I was too late. And they're going to beat the doors. They're going to break through the glass doors and windows to crawl to this altar. But it will have been too late because the Lord's coming as a thief in the night. So my word is get ready now. Get ready right now. Get ready right now. If I wasn't ready, I wouldn't wait till an altar call. I wouldn't let a preacher's sermon notes keep me from getting where I needed to be with God. I wouldn't wait for the last song. I wouldn't wait for a musician to start hitting a keyboard. before. If I knew I needed to get something right with God, if I had to crawl to an altar, I'd crawl because I don't want to be lost. You don't have to go to hell. I got to get right. I got to get right. But I've got time. I got to do it now because I'm not promised tomorrow. Wilson, getting ready to tell you, I'm getting ready to admit to you and confess to you the worst thing I've ever done in my life. Several years ago, God laid a man, a new convert that had just started coming to church, God laid him on my heart. I took a piece of paper, and I wrote his name and phone number on a piece of paper. It was about 7 o'clock in the morning. I thought it might be too early to call him, so I stuck it in my shirt pocket on a Thursday morning. I went all day Thursday with that phone number in my pocket, Brother Carson. I got so busy with life 
hospital visits, this business, that business. I got so busy that I forgot to call him. And so when I went to bed that night, I pulled the shirt, that, that, that piece of paper out of my pocket, and I laid it on my nightstand. I thought I'll call him tomorrow. So the morning came. It was early, 6 o'clock or so in the morning. I saw that paper. It's too early to call. I can't call him now. I stuck it in my pocket. And all day Friday, Brother Patton, I walked all over. I don't know if I was in Memphis, Oxford, Tupelo. I don't know where I was. But I had that number in my pocket all day on that Friday. I got home that night. It's too late to call. I'll call him tomorrow. I put that note on my nightstand. I woke up in the morning on Saturday. I don't know what all was going on. But whatever it was, I'm sure it wasn't that important. I picked it up. That's too early to call. I'll call him. I stuck it in my pocket. On Saturday night, I took that paper out. It's too late. I laid it down. I came to the church. I got here about 5 o'clock that morning. About an hour later, somebody else came in. The phone rang. And I thought, he'll answer it. I don't have to worry about it. In about 30 seconds. Pastor, you need to take this call. It was the man's wife. He'd gone out that Saturday night and gotten high. Wrapped his car around a tree and went into eternity. For three days, I held his phone number in my pocket. And I can't walk out of this building today feeling like I felt that Sunday morning. I've come to tell you, you don't have to go to hell. You don't have to go to hell. Whatever it is, it's between you and God or you and somebody else. you got to get it right. altar. You ought to come to the altar. If there's anything that you got to get right, you ought to come to the altar. God for mercy. It's in this house right now. 
thank God for the invitation from heaven. It's here right now. Amen. Intercede for somebody. If you're where you need to be, then pray for somebody else. If your heart's right, that's great. I want it to be. But carry the burden for somebody else. I got to be saved. My family's got to be saved. My kids got to be saved. My enemies got to be saved. take this as a negative message. It's positive. You don't have to go to hell. You don't have to be lost. There's mercy and grace abundant. He's rich in mercy. The Bible doesn't say that he's rich in judgment. It says he's rich in mercy. too dirty. There's no one that's gone too far. There's no one beyond hope. There's no one that God's given up on. There's nobody that he doesn't care about. 
nothing too dirty that he can't